Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown, and I am the host of the Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Orchid Eye Brown. Don't forget to follow the Ambitious Obsession Network on Instagram at The Ambitious Net. Today's episode is a part two of Soul Ties. Last week's episode, I covered a lot and explained my experience with Twin Flame as well as Soul Ties, but I feel that there was a lot more to cover in regards to Soul Ties. So I am hoping that this podcast episode will not be too long, and hopefully this will be a record short podcast episode of 30 minutes, but don't hold me to that. So let's begin. There are four types of soul ties. One, physical soul tie. Two, emotional soul tie. Three, spiritual soul tie. Four, social soul ties. Now, physical soul ties This is formed during sexual intercourse. When you have sex, your body releases oxytocin, known as the bonding hormone, which links you to your partner. Now for emotional soul ties, this is between two people with common feelings, including love. These relationships can be platonic. They can also form when you share a strong emotional experience with someone. And spiritual social ties, This is formed when you connect with someone on a higher level and experience spiritual intimacy. Social soul ties. This is more common between peers, friends, and colleagues. They form when you develop close relationships with people in your community. The one thing that I can say in regards to certain soul ties, especially um, emotional and spiritual ones, I take my sweet time getting to know the person before I ever consider sexual intercourse with them. Because a soul tie is something that's very difficult to get rid of. And a lot of people don't seem to understand that. It's not just like you get into it and you just get out. You know, it's not like a relationship where you're head over heels in love one day and the next day you're out of it. No, a soul tie is much deeper than that. It holds you by the throat. And for women it's a much shorter period of time for us to release ourselves from soul ties especially once we figured out how to do it um we can definitely release ourselves but for men soul ties is almost like love for them and i remember speaking to someone years ago and i really did not know how difficult it was for men to fall out of love with someone Usually when guys say, you know, I've been in this relationship for six months or three months and I loved her in the beginning, but I don't love her anymore. I understand that they never loved the person. They didn't. If you're going to fall that quickly in love and out of love, then you were never in love with them. You might have been infatuated with them. You might have had lust for them, but you were not you were not in love with them because you don't just fall out of love with someone that quickly and out of the blue. But people, especially men who truly experience love on a deep level, where they've had a soul tie with this person, where they consider this person to be their soulmate, it takes them years to get over it. And I'm not referring to two or three years. One guy told me it took him seven years, seven years. And even when he was talking about it, I can still see the residual feelings from what he had experienced still lingering in him, in his mind, in his heart. His heart was beating a little bit and you can just tell 
that even though seven years have passed and it has gotten easier for him, he was still, still dealing with it. So that is what love really feels like. You don't ever get over it completely. You are going to live with this for the rest of your life. Even if you found somebody else and you've settled down and you've made your choice, you've chosen to be with this person, you've chosen to build a life with this person, you've decided to have children with this person, you will always remember that strong bond and how it felt to be with the previous person years prior to your current situation. And personally, love and soul ties scare me. It scares me. It's an actual fear. As much as everyone says that it's a beautiful thing to experience love on that level, you are a very blessed person because you made sure to choose someone that's on that level with you. That's not really faking it. That's there with you and is walking with you in that experience, feel the same things you do and connects with you and wants what you both have together to last a lifetime. Not very many people are that lucky. You can have that for a few months with someone that you feel you have a soul tie with, that you feel is your soulmate, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they feel the exact same way about you. I'm a firm believer in making sure that the person that I choose to spend the rest of my life with is on the same page as me. Because love is not enough. It really isn't. I can love this person and I can. I am very loyal when I love. When I love, I love hard and I give you whatever I can give you. But on the other hand, that person might not have been raised that way. That person might not have, have an idea of what that would look like. And yes, self-sabotage is real it really is especially if the person does not want to feel that vulnerable with you all the time maybe they don't want to be with someone that can read right through them you know what i mean they just want to keep their secrets they want to keep themselves and they want to protect themselves they don't want to feel like they're giving up their power to someone who is completely dedicated to them they don't want that so even if they are aware of the soul ties, it's difficult for them. And as I mentioned in previous podcast episode, I met that person. We had a twin flame and he couldn't handle it. He really couldn't handle it. Having your anxiety, your fears and everything come forward, your issues, all of your deep rooted causes that have shaped you as a hum- human being being brought to the to the forefront and you have to now deal with them and they're not coming at you one at a time they're coming at you all at once you become overwhelmed you start to think this is not easy and everyone seems to have this this thought process in their mind that you know love is supposed to be like the movies i was like yeah and in the movies they break up too so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> It's not something to idolize what you see in movies. This is just an idea. It's just something for people to fantasize about. It's for you to escape your world. That is what a movie and a TV show about love is supposed to do. It's not real. So this idea that everything has to be easy, that in order for you to reach the best version of yourself, your authentic self, with your soul tie soulmate partner that it's going to be easy breezy like the wind blowing and you're the the leaf and you're just blowing with the wind no it doesn't work like that in a relationship 
at, of this magnitude. And so I just feel that people have to show you who they are. I understand that you're going to love this person, but you still have to pull back a little bit. You still have to pay attention to what is happening, listen to what they're saying, and decide if this person is capable of taking care of your heart just as you are able to take care of their heart because some people are not made for that. They need the easy relationship where they, if it doesn't work out, they can just move on to the next with no development, no reflection. It's just, it didn't work out. And then jump into the next one and say, hey, I need you to just accept me for who I am. And that's all I need for you to make me happy. No, relationship goes both ways. It's it's not like that. So yes, that fear of losing myself to somebody will always be there always be there and i know that all the people out there who are saying love is a splendid thing i am very happy that you have found someone you can trust with your heart and i hope and pray they do not trample on it and put you in a position where you are going to be bitter and resentful for the rest of your life and even when you find love you're going to be skeptical you are going to be watching your back every second of every day because of that fear of how painful it was that the original person that you loved hard, when they hurt you on that level, you'll never be the same again. I don't want to lose myself like that. I don't want to ever look at life and feel that, you know, someone's going to come and break my heart. No, I'm very cautious and I act accordingly on that caution, but personally i don't feel like showing my cards too soon i'm going to take my time i'm going to get to know you i am going to see if you have the same value systems that i do that you have that level of morality and integrity that i do and that i know that i can trust you to be honest with me and not blindside me down the road all of this takes time i know the term training sounds bad but technically it's kind of like training but you're training them to respect themselves and to also respect you because most times people just think oh if you look at all the relationships around you you know people get into it they're all in love they move in together they do all of this stuff they even go out of their way and buy a house i'm like you just met this girl a month ago and you know you're buying a house together you just met her You know, they see all of these stuff and then they see the relationship crumble and one person's hurt and the other one's like, I'm ready to live my life. I'm free. Like almost like they broke out of a jail. And you just assume that, you know, I need to hurt that hurt the next person that comes along who claims to care about me before they can hurt me, not realizing that you're self-sabotaging again. I believe the moral of what I'm trying to say is that Fear of giving someone that kind of control over me is something that I do not want ever in my entire life. I will love you. I will take care of you. I will be your BFF whenever you need me to. But I cannot just just be blind in this world and act like the signs and what I'm seeing is not present. doesn't matter if I have a soul tie. Yes, it's going to take me a while to wash out my eyes, but I will get there and I am determined to get there to have that control over myself. Not a lot of people know how to take care of another person's heart, especially if they have been hurt or played before, as I mentioned. They may not have 
began something with you with a thought in mind to cause you harm. But self-sabotage, as I mentioned before, is real, especially unconsciously. When someone feels they don't deserve you, they won't be able to help themselves or stop themselves from harming you. They could love you to their core and still might do it. There's nothing you can do about that. And that right there is what I fear. I am sure that I went over the signs of soul ties, but let's cover it again just in case. The first one is you think about them constantly. You may also dream about them frequently. Number two, you feel a strong attachment to them. You feel a deep connection and sense of attachment. Number three, you have an empathetic connection with them. You are in tune with someone's feelings, emotions, and your mood shifts with theirs. You may feel physical pain when they do. Number four, you react strongly to them. Do your emotions always seem heightened around the other person? A strong reaction to their name, thought, or mention of them is also a symptom of a soul tie. Number five, you want to spend time with them and get to know them better. If you're eager to know everything about a person and wish you were always together, you'll probably have a soul tie with them. Number six, they feel familiar to you. Do you know those people who you feel like you're, you've known forever, even after you've just met? That's a sign of a soul tie. Number seven, they show up at a pivotal time in your life. Maybe you've experienced a loss more to uh, or moved to a new place, took a new job or started a new school just before you met them. That's a pivotal time of your life. Some people might say a pivotal time of their life would be that they just got out of a divorce. They just got divorced and they didn't think they're ever going to find love again. And then boom, this person shows up and they have such a connection with them. That's a soul tie. Soul ties form through close, intimate relationship. When two bond in body, mind, and spirit, a soul tie is created. Vows, promises, and commitments can also create soul ties between two people. Healthy soul ties bring out the best in each of you. You really don't have to force it. In healthy soul tie relationships, both partners feel confident and empowered. You encourage each other to be the best you can be and support, love, and respect each other. In the religious world, those are called godly soul ties and develop between married people. Unhealthy soul ties can result in toxic relationships. If you have an obsession with someone, feel trapped in the relationship, or addicted to the person even if they're hurting you, or manipulated by them, you have an unhealthy soul tie. Some Christians believe that engaging in sex outside marriage creates ungodly soul ties. In my opinion, not all sexual encounters outside the marriage or before marriage becomes unhealthy or toxic. Some people know what this is. Maturity is what separates the weak, in my opinion. For those that are not religious and aren't a fan of prayer, this is how you break a soul tie. The first thing you do is start by acknowledging the soul tie. Examine your current and past relationship objectively. Bring awareness to the soul tie you have with another person. 
it is especially important to break a soul tie with anyone you have a negative connection or unhealthy relationships with. Now, for me personally, in all of the soul ties that I have experienced, I tend to evaluate the relationship as it goes. I don't wait until the end to evaluate it. I start from the way beginning and I pay attention as I go along. So by the time it's time to to release myself from that situation, I've already accumulated enough evidence that would support my decision in breaking that soul tie with the specific person. The second is get rid of other people's material possessions. In all relationships, not just soul tie relationships, holding on to the past and holding on to materials or anything that might remind you of this person is something that needs to go in order for you to release and let go completely so that your heart can continue to heal so that you can move on in a peaceful manner and decide from that day forward the person that you want to be. So physical items can carry energy and keep your soul tie in place. Return everything that belongs to the other person. Then gather up any photos, mementos, or other items that remind you of them and throw them away. Burn them if you have to. Delete them off all your social media accounts too. Personally, I don't need to do that. But if I find that, you know, I go on social media and this person is triggering me somehow, then they have to go. And I know it seems immature, especially during this time where people tend to look at those types of behavior as not being emotionally mature. But you also have to take into consideration your mental health and your well-being. And if this is something that you are trying to accomplish, you need to let them go. You really do. And so I also know that a lot of people might not want to delete someone from their social media pages because they don't want to give the impression that they've given that person power. And there are people, I think a guy did that to me once. He deleted me from like Instagram and I didn't have a soul tie with him. It didn't take me very long to realize that this dude was just not it and he needed to go. So when he deleted me, all I did was laugh. And yes, when you delete them, they might just be laughing, going, damn, you really feel that deep about me, huh? Kind of thing. But in the, at the end of the day, you're not living for them. You're living for yourself. So in order to establish healing, you need to cut off their life connection to yours. You need to make sure that your well-being is being taken care of more than anyone else's. And if watching them live their best life is affecting you after you have been hurt, after you have felt like you've been emotionally abused or manipulated, then cut that off. Let that go. No one needs to hold on to that. You go live your authentic life. Eventually down the road, this person is going to be creeping you through somebody else's account anyways and see that you moved on with your life and then they'll burn. But at this moment in time, you need to take care of you and only you. That's the only thing that matters when it comes to matters of the heart. Number three, explore your feelings in a journal. Write down your thoughts about and experience with the other person. This is a great way to get out all the emotions you have surrounding the relationship and help you move on. After writing, read it out loud to yourself. Many times you are frustrated and angry because you have not been heard, valued, or respected. 
you are overcoming this by expressing, actively listening and understanding and validating yourself. Alternatively, you could write to the other person a letter that express all of your feelings, don't send it to them, burn it (laughs) to release yourself from the soul tie. The fourth thing that you can do is forgive yourself and the other person. We all make mistakes in relationship. Forgive the other for doing you wrong and also forgive yourself for your part that you played in creating this soul tie with this person. Forgiving yourself is the hardest part of this process. Even when you tell you say you say it out loud and you tell yourself, "I forgive me. I forgive me for what I have done." and try to move on. Deep down, you really haven't forgiven yourself because it's the hardest thing to do is to forgive ourselves. It's so much easier to forgive others, but it's the hardest thing to do is to forgive ourselves. Not realizing that if we don't forgive ourselves, we won't be able to forgive the other person. How are you going to treat the other person with value and respect when they weren't considering you in that process and yet do the exact same thing to yourself? You have to forgive yourself and truly forgive yourself and truly accept that you have flaws. Acceptance is very closely tied to forgiveness. It took me such a long time to figure that out. But even though I tried to say I forgive people, I really didn't. Deep down in my heart, I really didn't. And I also did not forgive myself. Once I started to go on the journey of accepting my flaws, accepting who I am, accepting the way that I think, accepting the way that I behave, accepting every single inch of myself, that's when I was able to truly forgive myself and truly to forgive other people. So definitely consider that as you are trying to forgive yourself and others. Don't think that just because you said it out loud that it's just going to happen. You really need to forgive yourself to the core. Forgive yourself in your heart and then you can forgive others easily. Number five, make a decision to break the soul tie. Set an intention to sever the soul tie and release the other person from your life. And when I say release the person from your life, I mean you don't get to go creep their social media. You don't get to text them randomly going, hey, how's life? Tell me about all the good things that are happening. No, no, no. Release them. Sever it. You don't know them no more. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Visualize yourself cutting the cord between you two. Verbally break any vows you've made to them. You might say, I renounce any agreement I've made with this person. I release them from my life and cut the ties that bind us. And yes, it sounds a lot like a prayer. Similar to the prayer that I gave before. It was just so much easier for me to do the prayer because the words were given to me. It wasn't that I could sit down and formulate it, especially if you're on the fence. Coming up with certain words to say out loud to yourself, like an affirmation, and just trying to sever that tie, sometimes isn't good enough. So I kind of needed something with force, something with great power behind it, because soul ties can drag on for a very long time even if you have not seen that person you both could part ways you both could go off in your own lives you could go and do other things be in other relationships and that soul tie is still tethered to each other even though you don't see each other anymore you go to bed at night and you dream about them you wake up in the morning and you think about them even though you're in a relationship with somebody else 
And that's a nightmare to the other person that you've chosen to be with, to know that they are not the, the last person on your mind before you go to bed and you are, they are not the first person to come to your mind when you wake up in the morning. You don't think about them throughout the day because you're too busy thinking about somebody else. That's disrespectful. So to me, if I'm going to enter into something else with some, someone else, I am definitely going to have to make sure that that, that is severed completely. When I see this person or accidentally bump into them, I don't want to feel shit. I don't know how else to say it. I just want to look at you like a normal person, talk to you like a normal person. That's it. We don't need to exchange numbers. We don't need to add each other on social media again after I deleted you. No, 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 no. I see you. I greet you. How are you? I'll show some respect, even though you don't deserve it, but I forgave you, so I can't be saying that. And then I just walk away and move on with my life. That's all I really need to do. Number six. Work with a therapist if you need support. Now, some of us try not to go to therapists unless I really need to. <laughs> and I'm referring to myself. So when I hear that, I understand that the, this is for people who are not necessarily religious. They don't pray. They don't know how to pray and they don't want to pray. But even people who are Christians that pray every single day and worship every single day and they read the Bible every single day still might need some help if the prayer isn't working because that soul tie could be so deeply embedded into their value system and their core that it no amount of praying is going to make it go away. So yes, you're going to need to go and see a therapist to truly talk about it because clearly you have not examined the soul tie, the unhealthy soul tie that you have with this person and is not able to tear yourself away from it. You're still thinking in the back of your mind, I can put up with this because I love this person. I can, I can take on anything because we have love, not realizing that you're the only one thinking this way and your love is one-sided. And so the other person is not feeling that way. So what are you fighting for? You're the only one fighting. So when you can't, cannot release this person from your mind and your heart and you're reluctant to do it even though you have already done it, but you still keep holding on for some apparent reason because you think that being loyal to this soul tie is what's going to bring you most happiness. You're not happy right now, but if you get this person back and you guys get back together, all of a sudden this magical relationship is going to happen and you're going to be blessed and happy. And I'm going to have this person, even though the person shows me as often as the person can, that they're just not that into me. Good luck with that. You really do need to see a therapist because Clearly, there's something else going on inside of you that maybe has nothing to do with this person. You're either holding on to an idea, holding on to something that doesn't exist, or in your mind, this is what you dreamt a relationship would be. You want to be that savior in this person's life and say, look, this is what love is. We fight for each other. I will stalk you. Do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to see a therapist because this is not healthy and this unhealthiness is coming from you, not the other person. So yeah, you're going to have to realize that you are the problem. You are the problem. It can be really tough to deal with breakups and the fallout from toxic relationships to help you break those soul ties. Learn to cope and move on. Just like a job. If you get fired, you're not going to be standing at the door begging people to let you back in and give you a job, right? You're going to go home and you're going to start looking for another one. 
it's the exact same thing with a soul tie, especially with any breakup. It doesn't even have to be a soul tie. You can't be lingering outside the person's house all day going, can I have my job back? You can't. Seek help from professionals if it's gotten to the point where it's obsessive, where it's gotten to the point where you've literally dropped life because you feel that you cannot exist or breathe or live without this person. There is a problem if that is how you are behaving. Number seven, pray if you are a religious person. Again, I've already mentioned this in the past podcast episode. So, and I've even given you guys two prayers that you can use. Hopefully, I didn't say it too fast. Um, but if you're breaking an ungodly soul tie, repent for your sins and renounce the bond between you and the other person. Pray for healing and thank God for cleansing you. Every day you have to be grateful, grateful for life, grateful for your shelter, grateful for food, grateful for your job, grateful for the fact that you can go out there and live your life. You don't have to not have a life. You do not to you do not have to trap yourself under a rock and never leave. You still have friends, you still have family. Be grateful, be thankful that you are still alive. I felt the prayer was was more more effective for me than going to therapy. It really helped release me from that bond. And like I said, it happened in a a very short period of time, which I was very happy about. Yes, it's great to go and see a therapist and talk about it, but I really am not the person that likes to dwell on things for too long. Like I said, I assess everything from the beginning to the end of the relationship. And while I'm in the relationship, I'm still assessing. So I don't really need to go and sit down and talk to someone about this. What I really needed to do was to pray. And so that's what I what I did. I understand that some of my listeners aren't religious people and that they are not the praying type. But I did give you a few things that you could do, especially within this podcast episode that is away from praying that you could do to help yourself if you do have a soul tie. I'm a spiritual person, so praying made sense. And honestly, it worked in a short period of time for me. That's for me. Not trying to convert any of you, just letting you know that if you aren't religious, there are still ways for you to break the soul tie. Yes, it might be a little bit longer than than normal, but if you're a female, it will go very fast. <laughs> Maybe a year or two, sometimes three, depending on how long the relationship is. And I also I think I heard this back in the day that you know, if you're in a relationship for six months, it's going to take you another six months to get over it. If you're in a relationship for a year or two years, it's going to take you just as long of a time to get over it. Some people will take half the time for them to get over it, but it it can work, especially for females. For males, on the other hand, it takes a bit longer because for some reason, when they get attached, they get attached deeply deeply i know there's a lot of players out there that make men look like they have no feeling and they have no purpose in life except to just stick it in anything but there are certain men out there that really take love very seriously one of the biggest red flags of an unhealthy soul tie is that you start losing yourself and feeling lost in a relationship you can also start neglecting your friends and personal interests for this person An unhealthy soul tie indicates something is wrong from an energy standpoint, which I would love to do a podcast episode on energy. So I think it's called chakra. 
and that should be coming soon, <laughs> maybe next month. <laughs> uh, for all my spiritual people, we will go forward with the podcast by discussing some of the things that I mentioned in a previous podcast. I mentioned demonic. Have you ever felt as if someone else or something was in your relationship? It's not a physical person, but an energy, an energy that feels wrong. You feel that you are connected to your soul tie with your partner, but your partner is, is connected to you and something else, something else that does not have a flesh or a face. I consider those experiences to be demonic. That demon is trying to connect with you through your partner because, again, your partner has a very strong bond with this demon and they occupy a space together. They enjoy having each other around, but you don't, <laughs> which we would call ungodly soul ties. You can now connect with that entity and may have created a covenant sexual relationship with this third party that you might not have known about. That's how they can connect with you sexually through sex. If you are spiritual, hopefully you can sense it and discern its presence and choose not to enter into a covenant with it. Thankfully, I have not entered into such covenant as I explained in previous podcast episode because with soul ties, I am very reluctant to enter into any sexual encounter with someone that I have such a strong emotional and spiritual connection with. But that is only because I don't want to enter into such things. It is not easy to get rid of it once you have made that covenant. I'm telling you, I'm scared. I'm really scared. I'm very scared. Fear is a, is a good thing sometimes, I tell you. It follows you everywhere. Things you hope for begins to crumble and connections destroyed. This would be called iniquity. Um, before I continue, I do want to tell a story. I knew a friend back in the day who had some demons of her own and somehow these demons kind of put her in a situation where she just had sex with everything and anything that came along. Anyone would tell her, oh, you look good today. You know, let's hang out. Like she'll go hang out with them and always ends in sex. So she had that sex demon with her constantly. And she was the type of person that every time she had sex with somebody, it's almost like their demons or their struggle, whatever they were struggling with, would then jump onto her. And that's something I witnessed with my own eyes. I could not see the demons, but I could feel that there was a shift in her energy after she had sex with certain people. And she would then carry that on. And she, it's like a group of people that just did this together and the demons would just jump from one to another to another to another like it was a pate, an orgy, you know? And it was just crazy. So that kind of made me very skeptical. It made me very scared. I'm telling you, fear is a real thing. And I thank God for fear because if it wasn't for that fear, I might end up in that type of situation where I would have sex with someone and somehow their demons would attach to me. And at some point, because I kept hanging out with her, I could feel I could feel that there was a demon on my back because there's certain things that I didn't do prior 
to to hanging out with her so often that all of a sudden I had this uh, temptation to do. And I, I was like, no, I, I don't have the temptation. I never had it before. So why is it coming out out of nowhere? And some point, you know, I'd come home and I would just feel like this heaviness on my shoulder, this heaviness on my back. And I didn't understand. I thought maybe it was stress, but it really wasn't because it felt different from stress. And I've experienced stress. So I didn't feel that way. So I had to literally open my Bible and read. And then I went into like a deep prayer where I prayed from my core and to the point where I was like, I released myself from this demon. And then I screamed, get out. And then all of a sudden, my back did not feel like something was on it, like something was pressing me down. And keep in mind, I never had sex with this girl because I'm not a lesbian. I'm not interested in poking another girl. So I did not understand how her demon jumped on my back. I guess because of the emotional connection that we had, because I really genuinely loved her as a friend. And I really didn't realize that a demon could do that without intercourse. So I learned a lot in my early 20s through this relationship that I had with this girl that this is real. Like shit like this happens. I had to distance myself after that. I didn't hang out with her as much. I didn't do as much things with her. At just to stay away from her demons because she cultivated them like they were panties. I just didn't have time for that. So once I distanced myself, I, I started not connecting with her as much. I started realizing that we weren't on the same page and we didn't really like the same things. And so I was kind of like, all right, I wonder what was keeping this connection going for so long as it did because I knew her for years and then after this instant happened I realized that she needed to go like she needed to go and to this day I'm really thankful that I got away from that yeah she's a nice person but I couldn't deal with the amount of demons that she had around her and it was almost like she was going crazy sometimes or she, sometimes she just didn't seem like she was there and I just didn't understand like one moment she was there and the next moment she's just not there and she's off and then she'll just, you know, try to say certain things to me afterwards. Like, how come you don't do this and how come you do, don't do that? And I was like, listen, I'm not the type of girl that's going to go out clubbing without my panties hoping I get fucked in a club. Like, I'm not that girl. You have this other friend who's encouraging you to basically be nasty. And that's not my character. No one influences me in a sense to go and do something that I'm not interested in doing just to make them look good and to make me look bad. I'm not interested in that. I wouldn't respect me for going to a club in a short, short, tight up dress that's rolling up every time I dance with no panties. It's not happening. You just met this dude and you're already ready to screw him. Do you want an STD? Do you even know where he's from? Oh, he's a friend. So what? Do you know where the friend has been? Who he's been with? Come on now. So <laughs> sorry to go on a rant like that, but these are certain conversations that we would have.